Good evening, dear listener. And uh, yes, it's the annual review of uh, the weekend at Crombies for 2021. Um, I trust you will join us for some stats heavy chat. Uh, and if that isn't exciting enough, um, we'll also be regaling the year gone by with a glass of port and some cheese. So uh, buckle in because <laughs> this is the very definition of excitement. a quote um, for the end of the year so um, <laughs> we just have to kind of get on with it really I guess uh, but nevertheless I shall say that my name is Dr James Evans Esquire and I am Hugh God rest ye merry gentlemen oh, very good I didn't do oh, I should have done something like oh Tannenbaum there you go that'll do won't it um, well obviously the um, we've crept upstairs um, and we've foregone the um, the final few moments of 2021 uh, with the family to record uh, the annual end of year stats fest yeah. for. Um, to, to be honest, I think if it's like any other the moments of 2021, we're not missing much. You know? Oh, I can't imagine we are. No, <laughs> no I can't imagine we are. Um, other than other than the obviously the films we've watched the year, like oh, yeah. one, the 15 films we've watched, you know, it's it's been nothing it's been but points. Yeah, we've, oh, there's yeah, been exactly. little oases of, of pleasure in the uh, <laughs> the maelstrom of despair that has been just <laughs> life on this planet. <laughs> Indeed, um, it's it's a wonder that more people don't listen to Weekend at Crombies for the sheer joy that it should bring people. But there we Absolutely. go. What can we do? Either um, films you've never heard of or films you have heard of explained in excruciating detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even films that you have heard of. Of and never want to see again um, explained it's in excruciating range, detail yeah. oh yeah absolutely um, and once in a while there's a film that you might actually like um, but let, let's 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 get on with this because um, obviously for, for, for any new listeners we picked up somehow in 2021 <laughs> we should say at the end of every year we do a look back and James being of a statistical frame of mind mm. has crunched the numbers and is going to reveal who knows what about the films and the scores and just facts just facts <laughs> just facts about the year of Weekend at Crombies and indeed Weekend at Crombies 2 The Legend of Crombies Gold we're going to merge the two oh, we're, not we? having a, we're not having a spin-off New Year's Eve special <laughs> for the spin-off one it's everything no. in one roof <clears throat> oh I haven't I haven't I haven't merged the two i wasn't i was just going to ignore weekend at crombies to the legend of crombies gold uh, but we can we can talk about that too um, so listeners were disappointing you you guys appear just turning off in their droves now <laughs> it's like what i demanded weekend at crombies to the legend of crombies gold actually rather popular um and i say rather popular in the context of people who listen to us <laughs> well so we've got we've got three listeners instead of two yeah it, it's it's, le it's less deeply unpopular <laughs> There we go. I'll take that. Yeah, that goes. That goes. That's the that's on the banner headline, isn't it? Weekend at Crombies Two: The Legend of Crombies Girls less deeply unpopular than Weekend at Crombies the original. Look, if 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 Tony Blair can be knighted, then Weekend at Crombies Two can be less deeply unpopular. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I think we're all benighted by this point. I think we are, aren't we? Um, so uh, I also like the fact that you've described me as someone of a statistical bent when actually all I've done here is add the scores that we've given the films up and divided it by two. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that you'd call that statistical bench. You know, if that was a movie, you'd be writing in a chalk pen on a window as music played dramatically. <laughs> oh, no. um, so just a, a, a brief <clears throat> kind of laying the groundwork, I suppose. Um, so we've obviously seen 12 films this year, six from Hugh, six from myself. Um, when I look at the statistics of this, I use a very popular social um, a social film site, I guess, called Letterboxd, um, <clears throat> which is very useful for things like this. What we'll be doing is going through the films that we've obviously watched over the last year. Um, I will reveal what the uh, highest scoring film of the year is, uh, and also from the public as well, uh, using the Letterboxd site. Um, I will also take a little bit of a trip down memory lane and compare how this year's films fit within the wider canon of Weekend at Crombies as well. Um, and we've been doing this for four years now, can you believe? And I the, can't. Um, I know, I can't either. <laughs> I mean, who, who knew? When when we did our first Weekend at Crombie's episode, the um, the heinous 
Santa, Santa Claus the movie in January uh, 2018. My son wasn't even one. Uh, um, and now he's he's a he's a well he's four. <laughs> if, you can, if you say that we've been doing this for four years, there you go. Do other things as well. Um, I don't know. Four years ago it was 2018. Now goodness oh, me, it's 2022. Oh. There we are. Um, right, etc. Uh, yeah, and etc. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so things have moved on. Um, but we are still here. We are the constant in a world of flux. Um, so <laughs> world of what? <laughs> world of flux. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was very misanthropic for a minute. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll start with just reviewing each of the films that we've we've watched in the last year, because you know a year is only three hundred and sixty-five days or three hundred and sixty-six if it's a leap year. But um, I some of these I thought we watched years ago, but there we go. That's that's how that's how quickly time goes, um, or slowly I guess. So way way back in January of two thousand and twenty-one, when um, when the world was collapsing and we didn't quite know how far it would collapse, um, we watched the um, apocalyptic science fiction film Strange Days, yeah. um, and that was my choice. Uh, I was thinking about Strange Days just the other day. It well, we do live in them, don't we? Well, we do. I don't know. Well, I don't know whether it was how how miscast Ray Fiennes was or how odd Tom Sizemore's wig was, but um... <laughs> well, indeed. And um, I did think at that point of the year that. Um, the the way that the the scoring went um might you know it reverted back to tradition where i choose films that i score very highly and hugh uh, really scores poorly and hugh's hugh chooses films that he scores very highly and i choose poorly it hasn't quite transpired like that so we'll, we'll, co we'll come on to that though well isn't um, that nice that, yeah we'll, we'll come back but yeah if, yeah if the uh the, the, the entrenched positions could have a Christmas Day armistice where we don't just rate the things we've picked and shoot down the other side. We can actually come together and appreciate other things. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll come on to the differences in the scores because we, we have converged quite significantly over the years. But um, anyway, in February, we watched Miller's Crossing. That was Hugh's first choice of the year. Um, from 1990, obviously, Strange Days 1995, uh, very popular film. Um, actually, we started with two very popular films. Strange Days, popularity on Letterboxd has 40,000 views. Miller's Crossing has 86,000 views. Quite high for a weekend at Crombie's um, film, um, really, both of those. But um, yeah, quite quite popular films, but certainly fitted within the uh, the weekend at Crombie's canon. Um, we then we then ratchet it back to kind of real weekend at crombie's style film watching with the personal best um the 1982 sports lesbian drama chosen by me uh, <laughs> it's as best as i can describe it really um I, I I know, was it a comedy i can't even remember now i remember personal best quite fondly actually again i, I don't know Do who scored it but i i think i don't know, I, I took things from again like like i mean maybe i should I will, i'll never watch it again but just the the the, the concept that you've that you could you lose you know a competitive edge if you're if you if you hate your opponent but you should just try and you know go and go and do the best that you can that's quite a nice message to take from it it is quite a nice message it was just in a terrible film <laughs> i know I, do you know what I, remember? I remember running up the sand dunes and thinking oh, i don't think i'll ever run up another sand dune again no. <laughs> so it's nice no. someone can do it well, i don't think i'll ever run up a sand dune i um, ran up a sand dune once in my 20s at my fittest and oh i felt bad at the top i thought i was well, gonna throw I, going up i thought yes my legs are pistons my heart's <laughs> pumping i'm an engine at the top it's like i'm gonna be sick i'm actually gonna be sick <laughs> Had you had a cheese tray in advance of the run? <laughs> I had not had cheese. I, I was I was running with. I had a border collie at my heels oh, and blimey. my flask of water. It was you know I was it was on the beach. It was life at its most. And at the top, I thought this is horrible. I'm never doing this again. You, yeah, you, you had a border collie by your side, and what else? And, and, a, and a flask of water at my hip. And was oh, was this a Merchant the, Ivory film? You the sun was beating down and. <laughs> And that, I believe, was the last time I did physical exercises. <laughs> and at the top waiting was Helena Bonham Carter <laughs> and Simon Callow. Uh, if they did, I would have you know, needed a, a wet flannel from them and I'd have probably thrown up over at least one of them. <laughs> Very good. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, obviously, so personal best popularity was 2,861. That's how many people have really? to that film. Yeah, so few. I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, That's I get one 
That's one of the least popular films that we've chosen, actually. Obviously, nothing quite meets the Too Late the Hero 367. <laughs> I, still, I still chuckle over that. In the entire world of nearly 7 billion people, 367 have seen Too Late the Hero. <laughs> I think the, the answer to that is quite obviously because I described it in two and a half hours worth of detail <laughs> on Weekend at Crombies. There is no need to watch the film. It's legendary, that Weekend at Crombies. Legendary. Go um, legendary, but I'll tell you something else. I'm surprised that Personal Best is so you know, we're little um, little known because it was a joke on Friends. I thought, well, then the yeah, Friends yeah. the Friends writers were at fault for picturing a thing we get no a reference <laughs> no one would get. Not not the least popular film we've watched this year, as we said, in Ooh. terms of in terms of viewings. But there we go. Um, in fact, I won't I won't do the popularity anymore. We'll come back to it. Um, so that was March. April saw us watch The Rocketeer. That was another of Hughes' choices from 1991. Um, and early Jennifer our, Connelly. Our, yeah, our most popular episode. Oh yes, in, in, I forget. In, yeah, no, as in in, in yes, in terms yeah. of people hearing it. And, and how how many bots enjoyed that episode? <laughs> Again, uh, well, yeah, modestly from from giving you the uh, the actual number, but it was seven point eight percent of all our listenership in, in all time. Whoa. Wow! Really? Yeah. yeah. Crikey! So that means three people listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> then, f following the Rocketeer in April, May that you know, uh, May was um, a, a kind of fantasy. Um, uh, kind of movement into into um kind of medieval lore we watched dragon slayer oh, that was dragon 1981 with, that was with vermithrax pejorative obviously vermithrax the greatest pejorative. the greatest dragon to be put on screen and i include yes. anything that um jrr tolkien can muster up there um, he's not mustering much actually he didn't do the cgi did he now <laughs> i suppose he didn't did he all right then yeah. peter jackson you, you let him off the hook yeah. that's, that's like, Tolkien was like yeah i'm gonna i'll get the cgi crew on this they're gonna piss all over them with tax majority <laughs> uh, june it it, it it heated up a touch um, and we watched a political satire called speechless with michael keaton and gina davis gina davis who is fast becoming the john lithgow of the uh, weekend the, the female john lithgow of the weekend at crombie's <laughs> canon i think who would, who would ever know that gina davis saying do you know gina davis you're the john lithgow of the <laughs> we, yeah. but she is yeah, she's, a, she's a firm favorite she is and she'll soon be into it in the third film that we'll be watching um yes. in 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 the first of 2022s um we then switched genre quite substantially in the um oh. Goodness. The horror thriller White Dog, oh, um, which was James's choice from 1982. Um, yes, a, quite quite a tough watch, I think. Um, but um, yeah, if anyone was in any way nervous around <laughs> dogs before going into this movie, <laughs> they would not go near a dog afterwards. I think I, one of the defining points for me in this year's weekend at Crombies was at the end of Speechless. When I said what the next film was going to be, and I said a white dog, it's about a racist dog. <laughs> I just, I could feel the tension in your voice when you went, oh, okay. <laughs> Thinking, oh my God, he's gone back to season one levels of Weekend at Crombies. We've got Phantom of the Paradise. We've got Dancer in the Dark coming this way. White dog, the hell is this? It was, it was, a, it was a decent film by the end. It wasn't bad I, at all. I, I do was. contend that the addition of two words into the synopsis would have changed the film entirely, where girl adopts dog that turns out to be secretly racist. And the two <laughs> words are hilarity ensues. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> that changes the tone of the film completely, doesn't it? <laughs> it's almost like an Adam Sandler movie. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry, my dog's racist. It's just, I didn't mean to happen. <laughs> It's like you're dragging your dog out of all these far right meetings. Like, no, 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 Rover, we can't go in there. It's not right. <laughs> right. Anyway, we we then um, from, from White Dog. I can't remember what month we're in now. So month eight. Month eight now. August. August. Also, also known as August. <laughs> yeah, eight. I, I, what, I what? would call my Dad, months by the name. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, what month is this? It's eight. <laughs> <laughs> August was um, <coughs> another another veer into fantasies of a slightly lighter tone willow um was huge choice for august 1988 ron howard film um starring our, our least popular of all the films this year um so tying in on this the uh, the release of the willow tv mm. series did a lot for us there you say the least popular do you 
yeah least popular in in terms of people listening to it oh i see i see oh I'm, really? looking, I'm looking at the actual stats oh. even, even our last episode that aired i don't know a week ago has had more listeners than willow <laughs> half a year ago <laughs> blindly i have That's to say well I, I, I was slightly underwhelmed when you said it was willow <laughs> 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 but the actual podcast was fine wasn't it <laughs> it was fine it was a good yeah. podcast go back and listen <laughs> to it now i'm sure you haven't <laughs> Uh, then, um, as we moved into the autumn, we had uh, Figures in a Landscape um, from James, 1970 film. Um, Another one you just pulled out of a hat from nowhere. That oh, yeah. that to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was a decent <laughs> film in the end, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, you're right. Uh, it was Malcolm McDowell and um, Robert, God, Shaw. Robert Shaw. Come on, James. It's free on YouTube. It's like yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that is totally like you know you uh, you find that. I tell you what. 30 years ago that would be finding it on channel four on a, yeah, on a be, weekend yeah, sunday two o'clock yeah. it's like what on earth is this oh, hang on this is good well i mean it, it should be said that both dragon slayer and figures in a landscape were both youtube watches for free yeah. and I mean, must... i'm sure that's not legal someone's breaking a rule somewhere but there must be a market for those films Right. I mean, I know Dragon Slayer isn't, you know, classic fantasy, but it's not a bad film. And Figures in the Landscape is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So what's going on there anyway? Who knows? Um, it's called piracy. No, is that what it is? <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, but you can't get Dragon Slayer on DVD or Figures in the Landscape. It, it costs, oh, you can get Dragon Slayer, but it's like 38 quid. The Figures in the Landscape's just not been released. It's just forgotten. So if if we can look copies, it's for nothing else. It's for figures in a landscape. Yeah, because okay. yeah, they, they talk about, you know, the um, a lot of movies are sent like into the US archives, you know, na national significance, mm. whatever. But there should just be like, yeah, an, an online public reservoir of movies that no one cares about thinking, watch these, they're good movies. Yeah, they are. Well, there is actually a, um, there's a, a an app that you can download on your TV called Old Films, uh, um, <clears throat> which has loads and loads of films that are out of copyright. Ah. Um, and they're usually on on YouTube, but they can't. It's it's a place where you can just collect them all. There's some absolute crackers in there. You think how on earth has no one bought the copyright to this and released it on DVD? But there we go. Um, anyway, <clears throat> we digress. After figures in the landscape, we moved through into October um, with the Sylvester Stallone vehicle cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. um, oh yes, our second Rennie Harlan film in two yeah. years after yeah. The Long Kiss Goodnight from 2020. We had Cliffhanger, a 1993 film. And um, yeah, I think we both, and also, also, how could I forget, the John Lithgow film for 2020. The John Lithgow film, yes. <laughs> of course, the John Lithgow film. Um, we then followed that up with in November with the film One False Move, a, a relatively little scene and low budget film starring Bill Paxton, and Billy Bob Thornton, um, a kind of neo-noir perhaps from 1992. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think of all the films this year, that's the one I've been most disappointed with, I have to say. I was looking forward to watching that one and um, it didn't quite deliver what was I, what I was expecting, but um, obviously colleagues can listen to the podcast to find out, can't they? Um, <clears throat> Colleagues, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, we're all colleagues, colleagues and friends, aren't we? That's what we are. Um, and then, of course, finally, uh, just a few weeks ago, fresh in the memory, yeah. was Dirty Pretty Things. And oh, um, I think it's what a finish to the year. I don't think it's a, a we're not, we're not giving any spoiler alerts when we say we, we, we thoroughly enjoyed that film. Um, very good film indeed. So, that's a little bit of a rundown of the films that we've watched this year. I, I think. It's, it's been enjoyable, hasn't it? I mean, there's a good mix, an eclectic mix of films there. Yeah, um, it's been a good, almost, um, again, there's no sort of tentpole ones that really overshadow everything else, but there's no. been some some solid ones where you look back and think, yeah, nice one. Yeah, well, you'd you'd think that, wouldn't you? Um, oh, until we oh. get into the scores. Oh, the scores. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we will take a, a break and, and have another snifter of port. We settle down in our leather chair um and um see you in a minute <laughs> welcome back i hope your party poppers are suitably primed and stuffed with streamers gunpowder and good cheer um ready to release at the tug of a string uh, as old lang syne echoes eerily across your neighborhood oh very good 
Very good. I was um, actually that's yeah. my final thought on when you, when I was saying that again is um lots of solid films, but you know quite some quite obscure and some quite small ones. No tentpole, of course. All the tentpole films were over in the spin-off Legends of Crombie's Gold. Well, of it's, course. That we we created that because we wanted to discuss films that we liked that were successful and good. Yeah, and and actually, uh, I suppose when you start doing when we started doing Weekend at Crombie's. I mean, we've known each other for, for quite a while, haven't we, Hugh? But you, you, you never ages. I mean, too long, some might say. I think, yes. um, but you, you never know how the podcast is going to go, and obviously, it's it's in no way popular. But we, <laughs> <laughs> but we enjoy it, don't we? And, Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and, and so, if, if, if you think going into year five, we're thinking, I really can't stand James Moore. But you know, year five is where we make the breakthrough. I'm just going to cling on a little bit longer. Yeah, we both hate it, and it's not very popular. I'd, I'd suggest it's probably worth stopping, then, isn't it? So it's a, it's a good job that at least one of us enjoys it. I think that's that's the best we can say here. Um, but um, any one time when we get a fifty percent of the production yeah. team are having a good time. But you see, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't speak for you here. Obviously, I, I know that you enjoy watching films, but I'd say watching films is my main hobby. Um, you obviously have a more eclectic lifestyle than I do. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, watching films is, is my main hobby. And I, I do like talking about films as well. So it's quite nice to talk about films that perhaps people haven't seen or have forgotten about. And also just some great big stonking blockbusters as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I like both of those um, approaches. And of course, in 2022, we're going to do a Rob Reiner fest, seven films in a row from his first film in 1984, pub, um, this is Spinal Tap, all the way through to a few good men um, in the early 90s as well. Each of those films we'll be reviewing. What a, what a run that was. I can't remember all of them, so I won't go into the details now. <laughs> but that's say, what yeah, it is. I would say, that again, the... Um... Though watching films isn't my main hobby, if I had more time, it might be. But it's it's certainly a, a great interest. I mean, I love films and I love watching them. And apart from again, this is this this forces me to again keep watching films every yeah. every month, month with a critical yeah. eye, which is very nice. And also half the time are films I've never heard of and and uh, gonna get driven to watch, which is great too because it forces me to get out of my rut and look at the things. So that's my benefit from this. It's not my main hobby, but it's a great way of keeping me engaged in something I really enjoy doing. The only time I've ever thought to myself, it's time to pack this in, was the moment that Christian Bale started singing in Newsies <laughs> in, 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 a, a mere three years ago now. So, yeah, that was um, it still scars me, I think. But there we go. We're over that. <clears throat> um, right then. So um, I've, I've, I've regaled listeners with the, uh, the films that we've watched this year. What I do now is just... Um, interesting to kind of see what the kind of overall scores were what our what our favorite joint films were this year um and our least favorites and we can look at those uh, individually as well so um you know okay pop quiz pop quiz hugh pop okay. quiz what do you think was our combined highest scoring film of 2021 and what i'm going to do here okay. if there are two films with the same joint score yeah yeah the number one film will be the film that is the most popular in terms of views, because my view there is that the more people have seen it that have a higher higher score means that it's probably more entrenched as a classic, if that makes okay. sense. And when you say popular, not us, the, the, the not us. I'm talking about Letterboxd. Outside yeah, exactly. So Who's, it's it's us yeah. first, and then okay. Letterboxd. So you ask me what I think is picked, we picked, and what also Letterboxd has picked. Exactly. So what have we right. picked first of all? That is the most our our favourite film of 2021. I think it was it Dirty Pretty Things. Oh, well, interestingly, 4.5 was the joint score. I gave it five, a full five, five was marks. Was the other you one Dragon Slayer? You could, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was four. No, no, no. The, the, the other 4.5 score, and actually what I'm going to call the, the, the favourite film of the year between okay. us, because it's a more popular film, yeah. was Miller's Crossing. Was in, it? Yeah, all the way back in February. That also has a five, a 4.5, except I gave it four and you gave it five. Uh, Whereas for Dirty Pretty Things, I gave it five and you gave it four. Uh -huh. So four and a half each. Um, and Miller's Crossing and Dirty Pretty Things, the two highest scoring films of the year for us. What do you think the public think about those 12 films? Let me just recap the films. Strange Days, Miller's Crossing, Personal Best, The Rocketeer, Dragon Slayer, Speechless, White Dog, Willow, Figures in a Landscape, Cliffhanger, One False Move and Dirty Pretty Things. What is the highest scoring public score as defined on Letterboxd? I'm giving it to Miller's Crossing again. 
You would be correct. Indeed, yes. it's 3.9, nearly four, which is very high for a film that has had nearly 90,000 views. Um, yes, it's 3.9. So Miller's Crossing is is demonstrably a good film and don't just take our <laughs> word for it <laughs> um although i think you know you you haven't given many five stars i have to i have to say um i've been quite stingy this year actually. you well you haven't given any five stars this year except for miller's crossing that was your only five star film this year my only five star film this year was dirty pretty things uh, one yeah. of your films as well yeah but even in even in the history of weekend at crombies you've given five stars to too late the hero <laughs> <It's> ridiculous! <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> Breaker Morant. Stand by film. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you stand by that one. Um, the Court Jester <laughs> <laughs> and Miller's Crossing, and that is it. That is the five-star canon for Hugh Morgan. Oh my God! Don't Indeed. get me buried with that list. It's like <laughs> the four films he'd recommend you watch before you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miller's Crossing, <laughs> The Court Jester, Breaker Morant, and Too Late the Hero. These would be like Roger Ebert's four films, four the four greatest films of all time. <laughs> You the see, court in the context jester. of each episode, it made sense to me. You read it out loud again, you're like, what? I know, it's weird, isn't it? So I don't think mine's much better. I've given a few more fives than you. Okay. Runaway Train is a five-star film. <laughs> Breaker Morant. Yeah. Um, the Court Jester. So I'm doing no better here. Well, actually, we've given this... Oh, I, the, the Long Kiss Goodnight and Dirty Pretty Thing. So I've given one more five than you. Um, I think if I, if I had my time again, I'd shift my... Um, my um was it the uh too late the hero too, yeah too late the hero over to the longest goodnight perhaps oh interesting i'm very warmly uh, regard yeah that is that is that is a good film um so top film this year for us the miller's miller's crossing hotly followed by dirty pretty things same score but slightly slightly fewer views i guess really um just out of interest, the second highest popular vote, i.e. the public, as it were, is for, um, let's have a look, it is for White Dog. Really? Uh, yes. And then, interesting, the third most popular is One False Move. Um, what? So the, I know, what? there you go, there you go. It, very strange, if you ask me. I think One False Move, 3.7, that seems high to me. And um, White Dog, uh, you know, I, I gave White Dog a three. Yeah. And the public score is 3.7. You gave White Dog a 3, and the public score is 3.7. It's not so far away from what we might give it, but it seems quite high in the whole context of things. I, yeah, um, I think it's in the context of it being so odd. Such, mm. a, such, a, such an out-there movie. I can see if you watched it, you think, well, at least this is this is different and novel. Again, One Force Move, I'm surprised by because it's like, well, this is not different or novel. It's, it's, it's much about it, was there, really? Yeah. Well, at least um, White Dog, yeah, I say... It, woman adopts racist dog is not the usual <laughs> it's not the boy meets girl kind of headline well we, we, we might come on to some of that in a little bit because i tend to find that films that are odd yeah. like white dog is odd or court controversy or a slightly you love it or hate it kind of films tend to do well on kind of average scores because you'll get a fair few people that really absolutely hate it, yeah. but you'll also get a load that absolutely love it as well. So, you know, a three-star film, um, you know, like, I don't know, Pearl Harbor, for example, yeah. and a three-star film like White Dog have very different audience structures. Um, you know, Pearl Harbor is just everyone gives it three stars. White Dog, you've got 50% giving it five oh, and 50% yeah. giving it one. Do you know what I mean? So it's still yeah. a three-star film. So we'll come on to this, some interesting stats on that as well. Um, right then, so that's the the, the highest, the the least our, our least favourite film of the year. There is a there is a distinctive out and out winner for our least favourite film of the year. Um, it isn't, however, the least favourite public film of the year. Um, there is one there is one or two lower, but we will we'll come on to that. What do you think is the least our least favourite film of the year? I'm say was it personal best? It was personal, it was best. personal best. Yes, I gave it one out of five. That seems wow. a bit harsh. <laughs> that does seem harsh. And you gave it two. Oh, that so, seems harsh for me too. Yeah, yeah. It, and I thought I liked it. Wow. Yeah, well, it got one and a half. One and a half. And it and wasn't very good though. No, it, it was. Back it. You, 
it wasn't very good, but you look at the people involved in it. Robert Town, you know, like Chinatown, so it should have been better. Um, but I tell you what, it's funny because you remember moments like I remember the moments of One False Move, and I don't like it. I remember moments yeah. of of, um, of Personal Best, and I'm remembering things like um, again the the great scenes when they're training, or yes, the, um, the hilarity when um, she's meeting her boyfriend for the first time, and he he her weights are considerably better than his, and he's yeah. like, he's <laughs> yeah. like no, I'll just warm up on these. <laughs> Yeah. Or that other weird scene where he gets out don't, of bed don't, and she, we she holds his penis as he wees. That's very strange. <laughs> the one thing that I take from Personal Best is there was an, an extraordinary amount of nudity in that film. It was. And also, it, you know, equality of nudity as well. Very weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you say very weird. I think the weirdest thing is when someone has food poisoning and they get a Brazilian medical student yeah. to heroin. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. You're right. Having said that, you are right. I, I can remember things about personal. I can't remember anything about Miller's Crossing. <laughs> and I quite like that. <laughs> I, I could quote um, verbatim Miller's Crossing from start to finish if that Oh, helps. well, there we go. There we go. That's very good. Um, Talking yeah, so, about ethics. <laughs> uh, John, John Polito there. Oh, he's a, he's very a, good. I think he is a, a talent that we have not had enough of. I think he's. Yeah. Maybe his best days are behind him, but I think he was, you know, in his in his heyday, we could have had more John Polito. Well, we we saw two films with John Polito this year. Right. We saw we saw Miller's Crossing and The Rocketeer. Oh, of course, yes, yeah, indeed. So he he has emerged this year as the most watched actor. Is he? <laughs> yeah, him and um, uh, who's the other one? Paul Winfield, who was the lead in White Dog, uh, the the dog yes. trainer, and is also in Cliffhanger. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So those two actors, you think, hey, you know, we're shining a light on character actors here, aren't we? I like a good character actor. Yeah, me too. And I think John Polito is, 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 is very good. Um, so, yeah, one and a half out of five for personal best. <laughs> it's just not very good. Um, it's not the worst film that the public consider, however. There are, let's have a look. One of these I find astonishing as well. But anyway, there we go. One to three films yeah three films that are rated lower than personal best on oh. letterbox so personal best on letterbox is given 3.2 which is which is extraordinarily high but there we go but there are three films that are rated lower than personal best one i can kind of understand but two just two of them are just odd anyway i'll bet i'll bet those peasants voted um dragon slayer and speechless down <laughs> Well, I tell you what, Hugh, that is a very good guess because it's correct on both <laughs> accounts. Now, Speechless is the worst rated public film that we've seen in this year with a rating of 2.7. That's a shambles. It is a shambles because we both gave it three out of five. And yeah. the weird thing about Speechless is that I, I don't think it's a great film and it's a bit all over the place, but it's quite engaging and it's quite charming in places as well. So. You know, that's why we've given three. Having said that, the public average score is 2.7 and we've both given it three. So we're not actually that far off yeah. the public's view on it. I just think 2.7 feels a bit low. Yeah, the other one's Dragon Slayer, which has got 3.2. But there is a that film is, that is, I mean, that's too low, isn't it? Come that's on. far too low, yeah. Uh, there is a film that has a lower score than Dragon Slayer and a slightly higher score than Speechless. And I find this extraordinary as well. Figures in a landscape? No, it's Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. No. <laughs> yeah. I gave that four stars. How dare they? The public think it's a three point one film. I mean, you oh, gave it. Well, you say that you gave it three, and the public has I? given it three point one. Cliffhanger three. Yeah. What an idiot I am. <laughs> I think you were expecting me to give it a three, so you thought I'm going to give it a three. But then I, I came out with a four after you'd already given it a three, and you're like, ah, damn it! I should have given well, it a four. Well, once again, all I remember is good things about Cliffhanger. I guess. I guess I, I I had my rationale why I didn't give it higher. It was probably mm, high mm. three. I, again, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, but, but do you know what? If I'd seen the trailer for Cliffhanger before I'd seen <laughs> it, might have been high because I saw the trailer afterwards. It blows your socks off. Yeah, so yeah, I looked at, I watched it, send it to me. Yeah. It is incredible, isn't it's it? It's just nothing DSA like day. what the film is. Yeah, it, it's it's DSA day playing at full volume with yeah. all the action bits spliced together without context, and it is awesome. If you can that, check out the trailer for Cliffhanger on YouTube. I mean, the, uh, the cliffhanger of the film is good. The trailer is incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. Equally, though, you can watch the trailer independently of the film and still know nothing about the film and be excited about it. Now, that's a trailer, that is. That yeah. is a trailer. Um, 
so uh, yeah, those are the, the 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 best and worst films of the year. I, I mean, other films, um, The Rocketeer didn't do great this year. Um, we gave that two. You gave it two. I gave it two. And I was thinking, is that fair? But I I, I tend to remember thinking it it, it kind of lost its way a little bit. Yeah, um, it was. It was... It sucked. It, uh, <laughs> it did, didn't it? I you, wanted you to like reason, it more. Yeah, the reason you picked it, you think, oh, it's got Pierce, not it's got um, Timothy Dalton, Jennifer Connolly, yeah, Alan yeah. Arkin. It's yeah. a Rocketeer movie. It's all retro, but no, it was rubbish. It was a bit, yeah, it was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? Um, also, One Force Move only a two, and uh, Strange Days and Willow got two and a half from us as well. So um, yeah, quite low as well. Actually, the 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 film with the biggest difference between us. Um, a difference of three disembodied crombie heads was strange days um i give it I, a one you gave it a one yes i give it a four so that's three and actually it's the first time we've had more than one disembodied crombie head difference since the bounty way wow. back in season one what did you give the bounty i gave it two and you gave it four wow yeah i know that's quite astonishing isn't it really uh, every, every other film since then has been either the same score or a one score difference until we get to strange days and then since strange days it's been the same as well i stand by that strange days i did not get on well with um no you didn't did you yeah and that's fair enough isn't it i think that's quite a an idiosyncratic film and it's i so you either love it or hate it kind of film i think and again the uh, the um the it was the angela bassett um vehicle we never had because they, they yeah, made it a yeah. sidekick and they made what should have yeah. been a sidekick the lead and it was they all really should have yeah they really should have made it the lead um so just before we, we kind of move on to our individual scores overall um, for the kind of overall year, I guess, I just wanted to kind of look at the um, the breakdown of scores um, on um, Letterboxd between the kind of one, two, three, four, five disembodied crombie heads, if that makes sense. So okay. the, fil the, film, the film with the most number of five star reviews on Letterboxd is Miller's Crossing, 30% of all um of all kind of ratings for miller's crossing are five star ratings so it's a it's a it's a strong film 54 percent of four star and 14 percent of three star you don't get much lower than that so that's why it's a 3.9 it's a very popular film in contrast <coughs> so this is where we get some of the kind of middling films compared to some of those um, films that are perhaps a little bit more controversial the second the film with the second highest number of five stars is white dog <laughs> with 20%, 20% of the um, ratings on Letterboxd are five-star ratings for White Dog and 53% are four-star ratings. So that shows you, and overall it's got a, a like a, what is it, 3.7 rating. So there are a large number of people who really don't like White Dog as well. So <laughs> that's 7% have given it uh, either one or two stars. That's quite high in comparison to some of the others. Speechless, for example, it's only got 2% of five rated um, reviews on Letterboxd, but 54% three stars. Yeah. So you can see that Speechless doesn't really seem to be greatly remembered. Because I think even with films that you either love or hate, you remember them, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing. Um, the, the film with the highest number of four stars, for example, is One False Move with 60%. So it's interesting. Um, I, think, I think that says something about the balance between um, films that are divisive, and films that are very, very meh, yeah. <laughs> getting the same scores, if that makes sense. Um, just before we move on, I wanted to just have a look at um, a few other bit, bits and bobs on this. So um, the average year of the films that we've watched this year um, is from 1988. OK, so that is, um, I mean, it's not very interesting, I suppose, but um, <laughs> That it, tracks it, with my usual way. It, it does track. It does. It does track. So uh, last year in 2020, it was 1987. In 2019, <laughs> it was 1992. Now in our first year, it was 1982. So I think what we've done is we've really kind of um, honed in on a certain period, maybe late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, and actually, that seems to have borne out quite strongly. Um, the newest film we watched this year was Dirty Pretty Things from 2002, and the oldest film was Figures in a Landscape from 1970. Um, and actually, Figures in a Landscape is one of the oldest films we have actually watched. Only Too Late the Hero, also from 1970, but released earlier, and The Court Jester um, are older. So there we go. Um, overall, so the films that I have chosen, okay, Okay. The films that I have chosen, on average, <coughs> I have given. Now, 
this is where the controversy comes in a little bit. Oh, okay. Spoke about some controversy here. I have given the films that I have chosen the lowest score of the four years of Weekend at Crombies. Yeah. So I've given those six films an average score of 2.83, which sounds very low. I'm surprised at that. But when I look at it, Strange Days, I gave four, and Figures in a Landscape, I gave four. Dragon Slayer, I gave three. White Dog, I gave three. One Force Move, I gave two. And Personal Best, I gave one. And that's the first time I've given a film that I have chosen one star. Oh. There we go. It is also... The first time um, since Outland, way back in season two, that you have given a film that I have chosen a higher score than me. Wow. Admittedly, you only gave personal best two, <laughs> but you rated it higher than me. Now, you gave the films that I chose an average score. Again, the lowest that has been given so far. 2.33. Really? You gave Strange Days 1, Personal Best and One Force Move 2, and Dragon Slayer, White Dog, and Figures in a Landscape 3. So overall... You didn't get above 4. You didn't get above 3. Films. You didn't get above 3. You above 3 for your films. Yeah, you didn't get above 3, yeah. <laughs> so, so overall, the average score of the films that I chose this year was 2.58, and that is the lowest score thus far, by some margin. So wow. to... I, yeah, I mean, it, normally it's me bumping the scores up with the ridiculous fours and fives. But in year one, it was 3.21. In year two, it's 3.11. In year three, it was 3.5 high watermark last year. This year, it was a whole disembodied crombie head lower at 2.58. So there you go. Yeah. Um, we, have our, we have a new level. Well, a new we do. We do. A new rock and, bottom. And yet, I enjoyed one, two, three, four of those films. Um, so that's weird, isn't it? But there we go. Um, you don't have to you know, think a film is a five star to enjoy it. Some of the no, best don't, conversations we've had have been films that are not five stars. Often they, often they can be quite short because there's not a lot to say. And it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, one's one. Which is actually never too, given, given how we talk, we never we never no, end it short. That, but... <laughs> the most popular film I've chosen is Strange Days with forty thousand views. The least popular I've chosen is Figures in a Landscape with one thousand views. 1, um, still three views. times higher than Figures in a Landscape, but uh, um, than Too Late the Hero. I should have. So that's <coughs> that's mine. So now, um, we I think come the lesson to... we draw from that is that the public don't like um, films about two middle-aged character actors running through sweaty terrain. No, they do. I suppose they don't. Do that, that's, 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 that's my Hollywood producer line. There. It's like the yeah, public that's... will not go and see two middle-aged character actors in hostile terrain getting sweaty and running till they're exhausted, because that's what happens in both films. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. God forbid we watch. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that film with Harrison Ford? Mosquito Coast. Let's well, not watch that. This was the secret source of Runaway Train. It was set in the snow. They did not. Oh yeah, of course. They, they kept warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was good. They were running. They were exhausted. They were two character actors, but they were warm. Very good. Very <laughs> good. So you, you have chosen six films this year as well. Um, so the films that you have chosen, your average score for those films has been 3.33. Oh. Um, and that is, you have a look, that is the second highest rating that you've given your films after the first year. So in the first, the first year, year, I was your, quite carried away. Yeah, oh yeah, you gave, <laughs> you, gave your films three and a half out of five. So that was, but you know, you, I mean, Weirdly, you only gave Quigley Down Under three out of five. I mean, that's a four-star film if ever I've seen one, but there we I, go. I remember why, yeah, why I had reservations about yeah, that. Yeah, I do but remember that, the yeah. Score, the scoring was finding its feet in those days. It was. Well, your score of 3.5 was broadly driven by the five stars for Too Late the Hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say that the, the biggest clangers drop is either scoring that five, scoring um, well, the Phantom of Paradise one, or just picking newsies. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, God, well, there's plenty more weekend at Crombies to to figure that out. Um, yeah. So uh, you you gave Miller's Crossing five and Dirty Pretty Things four. Speechless Willow and Cliffhanger were three stars, and The Rocketeer was a two star film. So that's three point three three. So um, now then, I have given the films that you have chosen also an average score of three point three three, and that is the highest I have given your films of the year. 
uh, by some margin, it has to be said. <laughs> and only winning over your approval. You are indeed. So I gave Miller's Crossing and Cliffhanger four stars and Dirty Pretty Things five stars. So that's 3.33. So on average, the overall score for your films is 3.33. The overall score for my films this year is 2.58. So you have won Weekend at Crombie's for the first time. And it got you the victory. That's a crushing. Oh, I tell you what, that's a that's a that's a that's an Ashes style victory. <laughs> topical there, topical. Um, Four no, years, but I finally did the rope dope for three years, did, putting did, forward did. turkeys, and then finally come in there strong. Although it well, it does have to be said, uh, 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 you know. Some sucker for me would be the um, the public score. So on average, films that I I have chosen have an have a pu- average public score of three point five, and for you an average public score of three point three. So you you know don't rest on your laurels. Actually. There's still some <laughs> way to go. We have previously established we 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 do not disagree. We don't, do not agree with what the public deems. <laughs> hardly ever. We hardly ever. Um, your most popular film choice of the year was Miller's Crossing with eighty six thousand. Your least popular was Speechless with one thousand eight hundred and thirty three. I should actually add that on average the popularity of your films was forty thousand. The popularity of my films was twelve thousand. So um, we've definitely switched there because usually it's the other way around. I tend to be very low uh, sorry i tend to be oh no that's about right actually no we haven't finished at all that's correct isn't it that is correct the average the average release date um for my films was 1984 whereas yours is have a guess you oh i'd probably say 88 93 93 oh that's quite yeah, there we go 93 so there we are Th- those are the scores on the doors really it's been a good year for hugh morgan it's been a good year <laughs> should we say for miller's crossing and for dirty, pretty things, and also some, you know, let's just give give a little bit of props to Figures in the Landscape and to Cliffhanger too. Um, I think those are the films that we can take this year. We will be consigning personal best and one force move to the locker, and we won't open that again. Um, Indeed, but yeah. So I think we've 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 done we've done our mission brief of finding films that have been forgotten and bringing them back up again. Yeah, we have. We have indeed. Now, what I want you to do, though, before we wrap this part of the um, the show up, as it were, there's, yeah. there's a, the, the final part is to look at some of the kind of key individuals that we've obviously seen a little bit more of. We've already mentioned John Polito and Paul Winfield, actually, but there's a few others that might be worth worth referencing. Um, what I have here is a list of the top five films um, that we have chosen for Weekend at Comics over the four years. Um, so I've ordered this by highest um, average score between the two of us. Um, and then ordered by popularity um, by letterboxd if it's the same score. So, for example, if two films have an average score of five, the f- the, the the film that is number one is the film which has more views. If that okay. makes sense. Okay. So the we'll start with the we we'll start with the least popular film. Sorry, we we'll start with the least um, the the worst films that we've seen. Okay. So um, okay. in fifth place, the fifth worst film that we have seen mm. combined is one false move oh. oh um that's my choice the fourth is one of yours hugh and it's a john lithgow film it's harry and the hendersons really so number four yeah so one false move and harry and the hendersons both two star films at number three one from this year in fact three of the worst five films are from this year. <laughs> Seems <laughs> odd, but there we go. At number three is The Rocketeer. Okay. Yeah, two-star film. At number two, it's the final film from this year. Yep. It's Personal Best. Yep. But it's not the worst film. No, I think I can guess what the worst film is. Well, I don't think, you, I don't think you'll get oh, it. Oh, God. I don't think you'll get it. The worst film. Have it, what do you think it is? Do you know what? I can't know, because every, every, all I think about the ones that you didn't like and I did, yeah. and vice versa. Go on then. What, what's the actual so, rock bottom? So the, the rock bottom, the film that neither of us liked, and that's the key thing, the film that neither of, the, neither of us liked is Eric the Viking. Oh. That, that has the same score as Personal Best, 1.5, but it has been seen by 3,000 people, whereas Personal Best has been seen by 2,000 people. Oh. So there you go. Um, now we come on to the top. So actually, there were there were a few others that have two stars. So News is The Heartbreak Kid and Carrie Pilby uh, also have two stars, but they are slightly less popular films. So therefore, probably more volatile in the schools as they move forward. Um, top five films, the best five films that we've seen. The Weekend at Crombie's films to watch before you die. The gold okay? standard. Let's go. The gold standard. In at number five, a new entry. It's Dirty Pretty Things, four and a half between the two of us. 
and uh, seen by 13,000. In at number four, the December film from last year, it's The Long Kiss Goodnight. Again, four and a half with a, with a viewing of 23,500. At number three, another new entry, it's Miller's Crossing. Oh. 87,000 views and four and a half score between the two of us. And at number two, it's Breaker Morant. <laughs> One of only two films with five stars between yeah. the two of us. Um, and then at number one, therefore, is The Court Jester. <laughs> <laughs> the best film that we have seen in four years of Weekend at Crombies <laughs> is Danny Kaye's The Court Jester. I see that, <coughs> that yeah. again now. I'd, if that was on TV oh, right would. now, I'd go and watch it again. So, yeah, it sounds silly. That, but it's 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 a it is a perfect film of what it is, and do you know what? Anyone I've mentioned it to, most of them haven't seen it, and the ones that do will quote a bit back yeah. in it because they like yeah. it. So not every film has to be Apocalypse Now to get five stars, does it? No, right. There are different films for different different moments for different yeah. emotions, and the court gesture is a perfect film for what it is, and and fair play to it. It's number one because it's been seen by five thousand people, whereas Breaking Morant's been seen by two thousand. So that, that's what separates the two there. So there we go. Wow, what a devil bill that would be. Would you, would you start with the court gesture or Breaking Morant? I'd start. <laughs> I'd start with Breaking Morant, I think, because I think you'd need to end on a high note. Yeah, yeah, but it would be quite a mood shift because you'd you'd go from that final scene when Edward Woodward and uh, Brian, um, yeah. Brian are walking yeah. into the sunset holding hands because they know it's their <laughs> last walk, and they hear the poetry being read in Edward yeah. Woodward's soft voices, and they get shot and that that, and then boom, Danny Kaye's doing it. I'm the fox. I'm the fox. I'm the fox. La, 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 la. <laughs> I think you need a cup of tea and, and, and a little sit down first. I'll be honest, so I don't think they work as a double bill. <laughs> <laughs> we, though we recommend these five films we don't recommend them in this specific order <laughs> no 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 but you know it's a good mix here as well three of yours um two of mine um at number six so um runaway train also had four and a half disembodied combi heads but it's been seen by only five thousand people so it, it, it just misses out on the top five dirty pretty things just knocked it out there so and interestingly is this so this is this is again another year where i've I, through my own inaction, I failed to get a double five-star film because the top two five stars are your choices. Mm. Last year, I could have had um, Long Kiss Goodnight. This year, I could have had Dirty Pretty Things. And, and yeah, you could, and Miller's, uh, and, no, you, no, could, you I, couldn't have Miller's, no, you couldn't have had Miller's Crossing, no. It was me voting my own films down. Cost yeah. Me <laughs> well, except that because yeah you're right that's right isn't it yeah it's, it's you voting your own films down it's, you don't you're not giving your film you're not giving you know confidence <laughs> which is why i'm giving honest answers i'm not trying to win even though i have won as we say <laughs> victory this year <laughs> it's a pyrrhic victory isn't it <laughs> it's a crushing victory <laughs> <laughs> I suppose right. the, fact, the fact we're doing a fifth year it makes it a pyrrhic victory because yeah, the fact that nobody wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, that that wraps up uh, kind of part two. We'll come back and, and talk about some of the the re recurring the recurring actors and um, crew from the year as well. Excellent. <laughs> I was yawning at the same time. Which I, I thought better. <laughs> I presume it's you pro a professionalism. Even when I'm yawning, I'm singing the intro music. High quality, high quality there. <clears throat> Welcome back, dear listener. Um, we've obviously been deep diving into the films that we've watched this year. I mean, this is quite niche, isn't it? <laughs> For God's sake, who's going who's gonna to listen to this except this us again? Because we don't have a fan forum where people are discussing it themselves. Yeah, exactly. We are, we are our own navel gazing here. <laughs> but what navels they are, <laughs> said no one ever. Um, so... I've never seen mine in 30 years. <laughs> no. Yeah, I haven't seen mine in about 30 years as well. I don't know what it looks like. Um, I've tried to gaze, or I have. <laughs> anyway, let's not go down this road. Um, it's, 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 who, who, who have we seen more of this year in films? Um, there were a couple of actors in Personal Best whose navel I was gazing on quite a lot, but, um, and, uh, Luckily, that was mercifully um, short. <laughs> Don't mean it quite like that, but there we go. Um, right, so we normally have a, have a little kind of review of of kind of recurring actors and and you know directors and crew etc. So I've already mentioned that um, 
the the um, the actors who have appeared more than once in the films we've watched this year, John Polito and Paul Winfield. There's actually a third um, called Rick Overton, who I don't know who he is. I mean, I think, I think he's a, a minor <laughs> actor, but he was in both The Rocketeer and Willow. You know, he might have been like third. Probably a stuntman or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. But Paul Winfield and John John, John Polito are the, the, the two that really um, kind of... Uh, sh show what the kind of process is now actually John Polito and Paul Winfield have both been in films that we've given 3.2 uh, disembodied combi heads overall so there we go we can't separate them we cannot separate them um, this year however we have seen two films produced by Rennie Harlan mm. Directed, um, produced. No, produced, produced Ooh, by really? Denny, uh, Rennie Harlan yeah one of them obviously was um, Cliffhanger um, but he produced another film that we watched now, if you thought about this, it might make sense. Rene Harlan also produced, I'm going to go with Speechless. He did, because Yay. obviously his squeeze at the time was Gina Davis. Um, so, yeah, and again, I mean, although we, we've given Speechless three disembodied Crombie heads, and obviously last year we watched The Long Kiss Goodnight, which was also produced and directed by Rennie Harlan. Yeah. Um, it turns out he's a very popular director and he's a very high quality director. I really, really need to choose Cutthroat Island this year just to lower the lower the score. <laughs> I, don't, I just need to do that. Um, I really do. There's a few few other people who I wouldn't necessarily know. Visual effects, Phil Tippett in Willow and Dragon Slayer. That's a he's got a okay. bit of a niche going there, isn't he? Well, no, that, that, uh, that tracks. Gave the it does track, of, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Composers. James Horner. I don't know James Horner, but he oh, composed the um, sound, the, the kind of orchestral music for Willow and The Rocketeer. Yeah, I do know James Horner, because then I quite enjoy listening to movie soundtracks as, ah, a, okay. as, as a, a background. So his name, his name has cropped up a few times. So, those, so ah, okay. did, did James Horner? Let's have a look. I'm thinking James he didn't do Titanic, did he? Or the Hans Zimmer moment? Was he might have done? I'm no, I don't been... think Hans Zimmer was Titanic, was it? Actually, I think it might have been James he did, Horner. Did, did he did do Titanic and Avatar. Oh, there we go. And Aliens, blimey. And James, James the Horner. Beautiful Mind, yeah. Jumanji. That's where I, that's, that's where I know the name from, yeah. yeah he's, he's quite, he's, he is, he's not He's not Hans Zimmer level, but he's at, certainly Alan Silvestri level. Oh, yeah, definitely. He has composed for 124 films. Blimey. It's not so surprising when he's cropped up once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't cropped up more often then, really. Yeah. There we go. Um, so that was this year. If we look at the combined all four years, obviously, Hugh, we've got John Lithgow. Hey, um, four, the, four John Lithgows? Let's have a look. I think I'm sure it's four Must John be, yeah. Lithgows. No more, it no one year. No more, yeah, there we go. John Lithgow, four films, obviously. Um, the first of which was Santa Claus the movie. The second was Harry and the Hendersons. The third, can we remember what the third one was, Hugh? Uh, yes. Um, the third, of course, was Memphis Bell. Yes, clearly I'm, 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 I'm the John Lithgow picker, aren't I? You are. Well, maybe not this year. Who knows? Who knows? And then obviously <laughs> is this now an arms race to who can get the John Lithgow film? <laughs> well, given first. that you've already chosen Quick Change, I have the first refusal of John Lithgow, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we've what, again, what, what's interesting is other than John Lithgow, We've seen 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 actors twice. Okay. But we've not seen any actor or actress three times. So Jada Pinkett Smith, I'll just give you a selection here rather than the whole lot. Jada Pinkett Smith, um, Liam that was, Neeson. That was back-to-back. That was back-to-back, back, back back, wasn't it? What was that? Um, was that Bamboozled? Was set, set, bamboozled and set it off. Set off, yeah, back-to-back, back, exactly. Uh, Liam Neeson, that was The Bounty and Dark, Dark Man. Band. Yeah, Matthew Modine, I don't remember the... Oh, that was Memphis Bamboozled Bell. and Memphis Bell, yeah. He was, in, he was in Bamboozled? He was briefly in Bamboozled, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> He was, yeah, he was Liam Neeson was briefly in the bounty, so these are these are yeah, exactly. No, well, Matthew Modine played himself in Bamboozled as well. He was giving oh, a reward. I remember, remember that. that was yeah, exactly. exactly. It's quite yeah. Bill Paxton, two films with Bill Paxton. Can't remember who was the other film with Bill Paxton. Oh, Trespass, of course. Oh, Trespass, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Phil Davis, of course. We've had two films with Phil Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah, quite a few. So uh, highest rated actor. Well, we've only. Letterbox doesn't give give ratings for, for um, actors that have um, no more than two films that we've seen. So we've only seen John Lithgow. <laughs> so he's got an average of 3.1. However, we have now watched a director um, who's, who's fast becoming the John Lithgow of directors. Uh, <laughs> we've seen more than one Rennie Harlan film. Um, so there we go. We've seen Cliff. 
Two is the high watermark, is it? We've not two seen is the high watermark. We've not seen, and both of them have an average score of four. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Um, which oh, of no, course, that, again, which is almost one of the reasons why we we, we broke off. We'll come to that later into the uh, into the spin-off weekend at Crombie's. Yeah, two exactly. Gold was exactly. to focus on one director. It's a shame we didn't pick Rennie Hart. We could have had a proper seam of uh, stuff there. <laughs> we could have, couldn't we? we really you know, what, I, I'm, now, I'm now actually looking at films and choices, thinking, oh, it's a shame I didn't keep that for weekend at Crombie's too. I'd like to have had a whole run. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking if. if if only we hadn't picked the long kiss goodnight we could have had a run of um shane west movies um, shane, shane black, black. Movies. yeah we could have couldn't we? yeah lethal that, weapon dire oh. they're not dire lethal weapon it would have been um like the last boy scout kiss oh, kiss bang last, bang yeah the last boy scout of course yeah forgotten about that one the monster squad i love the monster squad that oh the nice great. guys the, yes that's a good yeah. film as well yeah yeah but Very sadly good. not to be sadly not to be <laughs> Because <laughs> no, we've left yeah. that, we, we can't we can't do the series without one of the best films in it, and we've left them that already. Dance. Yeah, we, yeah, we can't, can we? Yeah, um, I mean, there's not really a huge amount to say. Gina Davis has produced two films now: um, The Long Kiss Goodnight and Speechless, of course. Yeah. Um, so she she's kind of she's rearing her head in in all of the kind of nooks and crannies of Weekend at Crombies. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith, three films he's composed. No, actually, three films all within the first two years. Seconds, Outlander and the secret of nim um i forgot we watched the secret of nim this is why i forgot we watched seconds yeah that was a good film as well um let's have a look our favorite a, a couple of final things and i suppose really our favorite highest rated decades right <laughs> i don't really know what this means but anyway so um, the 1970s are our highest rated decade um figures in a landscape juggernaut too late the hero for fake uh, the high ones there. The 90, followed by the 1990s, Miller's Crossing, The Longest Goodnight, Memphis Bell, Cliffhanger, and Quigley Down Under. And then the 1980s, Breaker Morant, Runaway Train, White Dog, Dragon Slayer, and The Secret of My Success. They're the five highest rated films from the 80s that we've chosen. There you go. You think, we could, I mean, surely there's got to be better films from the 80s than The Secret of My Success. Dragon well, we're about Slayer. to watch seven of them in, in <laughs> one year. Yeah. That's true. Now, <clears throat> I haven't included the... Um, Weekend at Crombie's 2, The Legend of Crombie's Gold stats in this yeah, that because would skew it, it would skew it wildly, wouldn't it? And so I, you know, I don't, th I don't think that's fair for this. But, but also, um, but also, as as pointed out at the time of scoring, the scoring is a bit superfluous given that the three yeah. of the films got full marks without. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah, they did. They were, they were, they were there because they were getting in full marks. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. Um, so yeah, there we are. That's that's 2021 wrapped up. But actually, we're now on the subject again. It's just a note on the Legend of Crombie's Gold and the spin-off uh, series again was was meant to pick um, really good movies. And even though it follows pretty much the identical format of we talk about a movie and then digest yeah. it, has been very different in the know that we know we're going into a good movie. So it's yeah. been an experience to enjoy the movie and enjoy digesting it. That's right. And yeah. then what we're looking for really is is. The director we picked, we picked it because they were all um, David Fincher films, and we're saying, well, how, what's his style? How's it evolved? And it, given that I'd seen you know all these films before, with the exception of say Manco and maybe a few others, um, it's like, well, I really appreciate David Fincher a lot more now. It's, it's been a yeah. real eye And me, me too. E even even though I think Mank, the final film that we watched, neither of us were. It's not our favourite David Fincher film, right? I mean, yeah, it's fair yeah. to say. It's it's still a very David Fincher film, isn't it? Yes. And yeah. and I don't think I don't think I would have known that without having done a bit of a deep dive into David Fincher in the last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, if 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 you didn't tell me it was a David Fincher film, I think I could have guessed it was David Fincher. Um, and so I've really enjoyed that. And I have a feeling we will come up with, with we, we'll identify some traits and some significant directorial kind of process from Rob Reiner as well because. If, if I'm honest, if I'm not sure what makes a Rob Reiner film, yeah. Um, but we're going to watch seven of them um, <laughs> that were released in order um, between 1984 and 1991, I think, um, or 1992. I can't remember. Um, and so by the end of that, I'm hoping that we'll have a better handle or a good handle on what kind of director Rob Reiner is, um, and how he managed in those seven films in that run to create some of the most loved films of the 80s <laughs> and early 90s right yeah i mean each yeah. one um the sure thing stand by me um, misery a few good men 
Um, when Harry met Sally, this is Spinal Tap. Um, I mean, wow. Yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> there's no there's no duds in that. Yes, I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, it's um to me they seem again quintessentially 80s movies. Yes. But, but not some example of Rob Reiner movies. So we'll be to see what yeah. why they are and what mm. he did to them. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. It is indeed. As indeed the usual twelve oh, films indeed. of of mixed bag. <laughs> we probably need the usual we... two and a half is that will be the most slogging sure. our way through. Well, I wonder this time next year what one one and a half score disembodied comedy heads film we'll be discussing and what four and a half to five maybe hugh will have his first fiver who knows who knows not if i can help it but of course (laughs) he needs to choose a film that both he loves and that i love unconditionally for that um well (laughs) (laughs) make you watch it again well maybe i've seen i saw this recently and it's just gone down in my estimation slightly i'm just picking holes in it now i'll give it a three like you bastard (laughs) you bastard (laughs) shell i think we uh we'd uh seeing the chimes of big ben or Tara, as you prefer Um, yes is that open again now who knows who knows what's open i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) who knows what's closed who knows where we are (laughs) Just nail planks of wood across the door forever. Oh my God. <laughs> On that tone of optimism, we'd like to wish you all for this weekend and indeed the whole year, past and ahead. A, uh, <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah, it's a big one. A very, <laughs> a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening all. Weekend at Crombies. Okay. Oh, yeah, go on, yeah. Hang on a minute. I just got to move my cat because she's just got on the table. Oh, oh God, she spilled the Coke everywhere. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just I'm in the Diet Coke. I don't mean the actual. I don't mean Coke. Hang on just a second. First you get the money, then you get the power. <laughs>